Welcome to the Feral Minds Podcast. You are right where you need to be, and we are glad you're here. Come seek with us as we laugh at what we have known and find direction from what our curiosities demand we learn. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the discussion. When we get into a fear loop, rationality leaves the window. There's no rationality in some of these emotions. You're just running. Well, the emotions have the rationality because they come from thought. It's, it's that delusional thought that, that you have the control over. You can make it good or bad. And it's, it has just the same, well, I guess what I would call it is it, you can either have a therapeutic delusion or you could have self-deprecating delusion. But believe me, one way or another, if you're rolling around with fear, it is delusion. It's not going to be something that manifests out unless you allow the thoughts to take you away with the feeling. There's that quote. We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. And I want to lean into that as something worthwhile on a podcast about fear, but I, I disagree with it because if we are afraid of fear, then we don't confront it. Like that quote speaks to exactly what not to do when it comes to fear. We have nothing to look into and overcome besides fear itself. That's what you use your faith for. That's where this other big F word comes in. We've said that the fear word several times articulated out through this. And that's because, in all honesty, it has many more facets in the world. It is more complex. Faith is simple. If you wanted to compare the two, fear is an eight-headed hydra (laughs) that can snap down fiery flames from any side. but Faith is one chop of a sword that takes every head off the hydra. And I think fear is innate to us, and I don't know that faith is. It needs to be taught. I think faith is something you learn through the guidance of others, through whatever source you use to draw from for faith. But fear seems to be baked into the model. It's somewhere in that seven-layer cake that we are. It seems to just come with a package. Whereas faith, we got to get out there and learn it. And like you said, they are two F, they are two F words, and and they are juxtaposed to one another. And if you ask people about their faith, in general, it tends to run towards a spiritual conversation. And there's not a ton of faith in self or faith in source or where, where does this faith come from? How do we cultivate faith? How do we throw faith in front of fear that's run amok? It's with the thoughts. That's where. It- If you embrace, like I was talking about, that thought loop of knowledge, thoughts, feelings to your experiences, the place you have the control is the thoughts that are generating the feelings. But what are the triggers? So you find yourself in a fear loop. Here here I am. Here I am. I'm in a fear loop. What do I do? Okay. Perfect example. So (laughs) I roll through fear loops constantly. And I don't necessarily like to admit it, but I'll do it with the way you've told me. Up to this point, I've displayed social anxiety. We'll see where it goes from here. But without a doubt, I display a fear of inadequacy, a fear of not being perfect, (laughs) a fear, an unsubstantiated fear of how it's going to go. Whenever I have an interaction with almost any human being, you fear the performance. Yeah. I fear what they might think of me afterwards while I have something on my face. Um, and, And as I say it out loud, as I live the fear and notice it, it gets much more ridiculous to me easier to overcome. Like you could compare it to a a feather. If you're sitting in the dark 
and a feather touches your ear, you say you don't know what it is. That's a frightening you're little touch. Up. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you're sitting there watching the mirror and somebody touches you with a feather, not afraid of it at all. You understand it better. You've seen what's making you afraid. Yes. I'm trying to apply a bit of a concept of that to getting through social interactions. So instead of saying, I'm going to mess something up, uh, they're not going to like me, I won't know how to say goodbye, I'll awkwardly shake a hand. I mean, I, I can't even go over the number of ways I've beat myself up after an interaction. But instead of doing so, if I would say, well, next time I will have learned from that. I'm not having to carry that fear. I don't have to carry that experience. It did happen. I can't pretend it didn't. I didn't want it to. But I don't have to believe that it's going to keep happening. I don't have to suffer from it. I can take in the pain of acknowledging it happened and then move forward and conquer that fear. Now that fear becomes the feather I see in the mirror, not that one in the dark that I don't understand and I just keep running from every time it touches me. Yeah. You'll notice as you engage with more people, your confidence grows. And then your actual performance, because you're not so convoluted with, na with navigating all these fears. So instead of lining up on a person to have a conversation, and you're worried about your beard, you're worried about your clothing, you're worried about your breath, you, as, as soon as you start parsing all that out of the way, you gain confidence, you gain control, and the interaction is better, and the interaction is better for you and the other person. That's exactly right. And that's so what we just kind of played out. So I was talking about you change your thoughts, remove those negative thoughts, realize they're there and either alleviate them or put a happy ending to them. And then that gives you the feeling of confidence. That gives you the feeling to come from a place that manifests more what you want in that situation, as opposed to being trapped in a place of only coming from a fear thoughts and fear feeling. And, so, and you so, react differently. When you change the thoughts in your head, in that moment, you'll feel the change oh. and therefore your action will result from it. That's the therapeutic delusion we all need. <laughs> Whenever you feel almost any emotion, because like I said, anger is one expression of fear. Man, sadness can be an expression of fear. I mean, it, it is a powerful tool that can reel its ugly hydra head in many ways. Once you start feeling an overabundance of almost any one of those emotions, Dive in right then. So let's go back to, do you think it's an inadequacy thing? That, that's where you've recognized that fear. So what I definitely, and this is going to sound weird to say, I hope that it relates to I others. I hope it sounds weird, but Because right? we all have weird thoughts around this stuff. Like it to, should sound weird. You, you want uh, other people to have this perfect image of you. Correct. And so it's almost like it's better to be thought of fool then open mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. It's kind of taking that philosophy. And you're bald. But applying, and you're bald. Oh, right? my gosh. You got you to fight that. Yeah, at yeah. All, There's at a all stigma times. with every, every, oh, every single time you go. How nice would it be to have hair? Oh, uh, I don't know, man. You don't know what mine would look no, like. No, I'm getting over it. I'm getting I over only it. have two options, either this bald, intimidating guy, or I look like, look like Bozo the Clown. Because yeah. rest assured, it is a curly mop of hair that only grows right above the ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, you speak for yourself. I had a very sweet, like, surfer haircut back in the day. Oh, it was so beautiful. And then you were talking about a fear you navigated for a long time. I navigated that fear for 20 years, probably, that I was eventually going to lose my hair. And lo and behold, I did. But then the moment I started shaving my head, what happened? Massive freedom. And I gained all the cerebral landscape back, all this, this portion of my mind that was occupied by what happens 
when my hair falls out? What happens when I stop this comb over? Like all these things you do in that moment, that is my social version of your fear. I rode a, a comb over-esque haircut for entirely too long. So that fear of your inadequacy was what was causing you to be the inadequacy you were afraid of. To be honest, you know you, you would have looked better without that oh, comb. So, so let's step. You sat in that comb. I'll step back even further. <laughs> this is how bad that inadequacy was. I was looking at males around me that were successful. What did that mean? They were VPs. They were they were CEOs. They were great salesmen. They were people that were, that had they had command of their domain, and the vast majority of them had very nice news anchor-esque hair. And there weren't a lot of bald people in my circle that were having mad success. Now, that's not to say bald people don't have success. I'm telling you, in my platform, in the environment I was in, my belief became that if I lost my hair, I was not adequate enough to perform in the way these other guys were. And so I fought that. Even though it's clearly visible, you're losing your hair, you're losing your hair. I fought that. And I fought that. And then I went down that road to explore that fear. And I discovered it was kind of all headed to the opinion of one person. And that person, I had heard negative things about bald people come out of his mouth. And therefore, I projected that into me. And so I allowed one person in the fear of being inadequate in front of that one person to almost dictate my personal style. I was having a hard time taking photos. I didn't like looking in the mirror. That was all sourced by the inadequacies that I felt from the fear of one person and what they would think of me if I was to take control of, uh, of my follicular challenge and shave it. And then one day, you fast forward years later, and you, and you shave your head, and you go, wow, I'm free now. I am free. All those thoughts I had, all that weight I had on this silly topic is gone. And it could have been gone five six, seven years ago when it became self-evident I wasn't going to make it through this spin on this planet with hair. It was a logical choice. Like you can either grow a nice little horseshoe and deal with that, or you can take control in the way that you can. And when I eventually got to the point where I took control in the way that I could, the freedom was incredible. And, and you look back on those moments and you look back at those pictures and you know that person was suffering through that and you can tell and that person being me, you can tell by the way I was looking at the camera that I didn't want to be photographed. And I think about that time that I had and how it was altered. I allowed it a decade of inadequacy to alter my joy when it came to events where I knew there was going to be a photo. That's how pervasive fear can be. And it's just how hard it can be to wring it out of you. Um, how much it can be the elephant in the room sitting right on top of you and you don't realize that you're sitting in the elephant's crack. <laughs> yeah, it smothers, right? And I think that's where, so let's go back to your, your example with social anxiety. So this is something that you're, you're recently navigating. You're doing, you think you're doing better now? Yes. Yeah, and I feel much better. So define doing better. What does that mean? Well, whenever I think about it now, instead of putting unsubstantiated fear towards it, I, I give myself grace. With my thoughts, I uh, play out like, all right, one of the fears, you know, maybe you're going to have something on, on your face or your beard won't be perfect or whatever. Then that leads to your vulnerability. That is something 
that people like to see. That's your truth. To an extent, what I'm saying with social anxieties, I'm afraid of, of my truth in that moment and that whatever that, that I'm going to have something that person doesn't like about me. That's a blanket way to put it. But I think that a lot of people who deal with social anxiety or maybe fear of, of jumping onto any stage in life, that could be the stage of talking in front of big groups of people, which is kind of funny. One time we were talking about this and I said, I would rather talk up on a stage in front of 50 people than have to sit in a room with five people. There's just a difference of the interaction that I am or am not comfortable with based on unsubstantiated fears. But I'm not going to keep running from those kind of situations. But you did. As a matter, I did. You did. I did. And what changed? My belief on how those situations were going to go. My belief in myself. My courage in the moment. That now when I get into it, instead of manifesting that exact fear of, I won't be interesting. I won't think of anything to say. They won't think I'm funny. It will be so awkward that we stand there silently and they start wondering out loud, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> you know, like these are the kind of thoughts that you have. And then they ban you from society. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're a kicked, leper. You're kicked off the rock. from Peace. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. That's what's funny. If you dive into your fears like that, you start realizing how they just completely unravel at the end. Because there's not any truth to it. So reflection is what brought you a breakthrough here? What, what, what do you attribute? Like, what was the change? For anybody that's out there suffering with this feeling of social inadequacy, what, what tactics did you deploy that, that have made you move in a direction that you're feeling more comfortable with? I would call fake it till you make it. Okay. It was the very first time I'd heard the term. And you could apply that anytime. You know, if you're not in a good mood, put a smile on your face. Yeah. Start behaving in that way. Get in a better mood. Look up. You ever heard that? If you're in a bad mood, look up and see if you can continue to stay in a bad mood looking up. And, and there's some biology behind that, and I would butcher it all to, uh, to the end of time. But um, look up next time you're feeling bad. See what happens. Yeah. And that, that can uplift a mood, and it can do the same thing. It can alleviate fear. That same uplifting thought that we can do will uplift your vibration of fear into to, to one of faith. I like the word therapeutic delusion. Why not? We're all living our own reality to some extent, to a very large extent, especially when it comes to our feelings, thoughts, and emotions. So why not take control of that where you can in life? I, we mentioned a couple of things about the risk associated with fear and how fear gives you this sense of risk. We're both big fans of, of Chris Stapleton and his line. Uh, what is that line that you're, that you're so fond of? Nobody wins afraid of losing. And that's beautiful. I mean, that is as simple as it needs to be. We all know what that means. And we all know that anything worth losing is something worth winning. And if you're fearing losing, you can never get to winning. And that is just a simple, beautiful way to say how you should face fears if you do care to have the joy that's on the other side of fear. And I think fear, fear at times can be, a, it's a joy repellent, right? It stands between you and whatever joy you may have. Uh, I, I told you, I, I'm dying to play the drums right now, right? I, I wanna learn how to play the drums, but I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared that I won't know how to read music. I'm scared that I won't have room in my garage. I'm scared that I'm gonna look dumb and, and I'm gonna be infantile in front of adults. And so those fears have taken me away from a joy that I know I would have by banging into stuff in rhythm, 
with other people in front of a crowd. I know I'd love that. I watch drummers do it, and I, I long for it. So how can you start telling yourself thoughts based around a manifestation you'd rather see? What sort of thoughts would you say? You, you articulated real well the fear side. Now get your sword out, cut that eight-headed hydra off. What's it look like now to the thoughts and feelings that are going to take you away from that and get you started on your drum career? Well, my drumming career, it's in the gestation period right now. And so I haven't even reached out to see lessons. That would be the first step, right? And it's something I need to do. I grew up in a time when you either played athletics. Hold on. These are still thoughts that aren't getting you there. Okay. You're rolling around in the fear loop. Tell me something right now that makes you excited about becoming a drummer. Just uh, the outlet, the zen of being in a flow. And being in a flow where you're releasing energy. And you can see yourself and, and doing you're that. doing it with a positive outcome. I don't know if I can see myself doing it. I know I'd like to be able to see myself doing it. I, this feels like a desire that I'm going to flirt with for a while before I throw off the side of the earth. How many things have I wanted to be that I never engaged with? And then given enough time, you realize, okay, that wasn't for me, I guess, because I never took action because the fear won. So right now, I, I don't really believe I'll be a drummer. Right now, I believe I'm going to tangle with this idea of being a drummer for maybe the six, next six, seven months. And then I may want to be a, an excellent Frisbee golfer. And then maybe I'll park that desire elsewhere and maybe not be a Frisbee golfer as well because there'll be a new fear that will slow me down. So what, what I need to do is take action. That, that In this specific case, I need to take action. And that action becomes easier whenever you start putting thoughts that get you excited. Bring the feeling of the action being beneficial, I think, is where you would want. I would think something like, um, I think that I will find exactly the right teachers and equipment mm -hmm. to put me in a place I need to be with my drone career. Yeah. And, and, and then every time a thought loop goes the wrong way, just say, I will get exactly what I need exactly when I need it. It doesn't, see, and that's the thing I like that's beautiful about faith is it doesn't have to be near as intricate <laughs> as all the fears you had. Yeah. That's kind of why I was asking. Just give me any one. Give me one positive thought on the topic, and you can jump right into that pool every single time you start feeling the negative thoughts come. I, I I'll have exactly what I need, exactly when I need it. Slice there with the head. I know, I know the first time that I line up on drums and put together a beat that's somewhat something that I can hear, I know that's, that'll be a magical moment. And so what I should do, or maybe I should say what I will do is give that thought energy. Yeah. Give that thought fuel. Fear is just faith with a negative spin. Put the right spin on it. Yeah. Put the right spin on whatever scenario you want in life and know that right now your life is a collection of all the scenarios you've built and done up to this point. Like it's all placebo. And if you haven't realized that by living in the own reality that you've been in, start realizing it now. Yeah, Create be, the reality you want with the thoughts you want to have. And be aware of your fears. I, I think being aware of your fears is it's step one through 87. Because they're all around you. They're floating around. They don't need the spotlight. They don't need the mic the way they sometimes get the mic. I think you can talk your fears back down into their appropriate place. Don't be afraid of that feather in the dark. Yeah. Look at it head on in the face. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've covered fear. And I think we've hopefully encouraged people to, to evaluate their fear loops, evaluate those things that 
are coming up in their lives that don't manifest, but boy, they do present barrier to progress. They present barrier to joy. There's nothing we'd like to do more than find a reason why we can't do something. And I think you, we need to be candid about that. I need to be a drummer. That's reality. I need to be a drummer, and you're on your way to being an absolutely incredible conversationalist, one stumbling conversation at a time. And, and then the coolest part is the other person, they're as nervous as you are. They're as scared as I've you are. I've been trying to tell myself that for years, and I still don't believe it. Yeah. Nobody out there is as scared to go yeah, talk to someone are. as I am. <laughs> they are. They may not show it. They may have managed it in a way that you are yet to grow into. <sighs> but we're all scared of each other in these weird little ways. But then when we break through those barriers, we make incredible connections. Up to and, this and point, we, so we have thankful. been. Absolutely. Up to this point. Let's yeah. stop putting, let's, let's fix society right now. We uh, just conquered fear. Absolutely. Let's roll on. All right. Okay. Well, last thing we're going to wrap up here. We've added a thought line to the show. What is a thought line? It's whatever you need it to be. It can be a place for you to give us feedback on a topic that you'd like to talk about. It can be a place where you air one of your problems. It may be something you would like to get our input on. Maybe we're adequate because uh, in this moment I'm feeling fear that I'm not adequate to address everybody's problems. So I would hope that between the two of us, we will pile together some adequacy and fuel that in the direction where you may have a concern or a problem. We do this podcast to, to help. And I, I think that will echo through the material that we bring. And we're, we're here to help not only each other, ourselves, and those out there that need help. We've lived a little bit of life, and we have the prop scars on our back to prove it. And I think our goal now is to try to make sense of what we've lived through and maybe help other people while we do it. Seems like a noble goal. And then, but then maybe we just want to hear each other on the mic. It could be silly like that as well. So anyway, we have a thought line. That thought line is 866-340-3394. I'll say it again. 866 866- Three four zero, three three nine four. Call that bad boy and say whatever you need to say, any way you need to say it, and we will listen to it. Whether it will make the show, I will say we will do our best. If contextually, if we can help you, and hopefully, through the process of helping you with your problem, we have the ability to help others. Then we will do our best to do that. We would like to thank you for listening to the Feral Minds podcast. Hopefully we triggered some curiosity that will have you seeking more. Remember, your mind is meant to run. Slap some sneakers on that bad boy and take it around the block. If you'd like to connect with us or enlist our feral thoughts on a problem in your life, visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or at theferalminds.com. Also remember, our thought line is always available. 24-7, we don't even allow it to sleep. And we want to hear from you. That number is 866-340-3394. Again, that number is 866-340-3394. We look forward to hearing from you.